0: He's going to talk to us about giving.
1: Hi, everybody. Um, My name is Ratif. Hi. Thank you. I've been a Christian for... (laughs) So, this week, and even since last week, while I've been praying, just asking the Lord, what is it that, that He wants me to share? And... I only keep on getting, I kept on getting only this one phrase, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And I said, Lord, but what, where, ooh why? I mean, trust can be so many things. And it just kept quiet. And then my mind starts molding and start meditating on it. And then my mind goes in this direction and goes in this direction. And so if it's a little bit crazy, please excuse me. So I've got this wonderful and exciting opportunity to talk about the one thing we all love. That one thing that when you hear there's going to be a a teaching or a speech about this, everybody jumps up and says, yes, we can't wait. They stand queues outside the venue, wherever it's going to be. Uh, And it's money. It's how to get rid of your money. It's like, yeah, I've got it like that. eh? (laughs) But the Lord asked me this question. Do we trust him enough? <coughs> Do we trust him with our finances? To even trust him with our finances? And, yeah, I've been, I've been so struggling with this thing as to what to say exactly. Because I know I'm, I'm dealing with different groups of people. On the one side, you've got people who are just making it through the month. On the other side, you've got people who've got plenty. But one thing they all got in common, the most of us in any case. I mean, I know I was, I still is a little bit like that. As money is as that one thing that is very precious to us. I've met so many people who said, Lord, I will give you my time. I will give you my relationships. Whatever else you can think about, but don't touch my money. It's my money. It's the one thing that gives me security. It's the one thing I can hold on, and I have to hold on, to survive. And if if that is where we are, there's something wrong in our relationship with the Lord. Because who is our provider? Who is our security? Who is our rock? Who is the one in the first place who gave this money to you? And I'm, again, being reminded of... Of the relationship between a husband and a man oh, a husband and a man. Ooh. Forgive me. <laughs> no. Not that one. <laughs> a husband and a wife. And I shared this with the, with the leaders last night as well, but there's this thing of, when you truly trust your partner, you will give yourself in every part of your life, emotionally physically and whatever else ways there might be because you trust that person you know his or her heart you know his or her heart is for you not against you you know that he is always out or she is always there to only do the best for you and therefore you are willing to lay it all up down for your spouse and that's the kind of relationship that the Lord wants with us and I'm reminded and as I was pondering and dreaming about this I read in 2 Corinthians I don't know if it's worth putting it up there, so just let me read it here it's so small there 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1 we want you to know brothers about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia for in For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed with wealth and generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints." This is guys that, the Bible speak, a terrible affliction, a severe affliction was upon them. Severe poverty, and yet they gave generously. Now, now we sit here and we say, but I barely make my month end. I can I hardly get there. Now I need to give to the church. Or I've got so much money, I've got planned out, I've got to pay off my house in the next six years. So if I put all this extra money away and then the Lord comes and say, "Mm, I want you to sponsor a bit. It's going to mess up your savings plan. Will you do it? Will you do it? See, for the Lord, it's not about the money. It's about your heart. It's about taking that one thing that's precious to you, that one thing that you hold on to, and the Lord say, will you love me? More than that It's the same with Abraham when he had Isaac, and he was the fulfillment of a promise, the nations was going to come out of this. And I'm sure Abraham, in his old age, thinking he never had a will have a son, and then eventually the son comes, and it's, "This is my son. this is my legacy. This is the promise of God. And what does God do? Give me your son, offer him to me." And again, the Lord didn't go through with it. But the Lord wanted to see his heart. He wanted to know that the Lord is the most important thing in his heart. And this is what I feel I want to share with you. Where are you with your relationship with God? Do you love him to such a point where you will lay down everything, even your finances? Even, I'm going in extreme cases now. I mean, who knows? Maybe, Maybe there's a Church building in the near future for you guys. And the Lord is gonna lay in you guys. Guys, I want your finances so that I can build a house for mine. I don't know, but will you do it? And I I just want to leave you there. And when you do it, with what heart do you do it? Do you just grumbling and say, Oh, just Lord, just take it. Because that's not what the Lord wants. He wants your heart. He wants you to like a man and a husband like a wife and a husband like a wife and a husband when you give yourself it's with a joyous heart it's not please just get it over with so may this is what I want to pray about over us Lord Jesus may you reveal yourself to us in such a way that we will fall in love with you in every part of our lives. That we will give ourselves completely, 100% to you. And that we will say, Father, whatever I have, I will give to you because I know I can trust you. I know that you will take care of me no matter what. And not just that, I want to be part of whatever you are doing. So Father, I pray that you will bless this community and that you will bring up A church that is generous, give us to your name. I pray this in Jesus' name.
2: Our trust in ourselves, for us to put our trust in the Lord, and in that, the peace of God will come. And
0: um, these two little scriptures are just parts of the scriptures I want to read. um, Thanks, Dundee. Pray for you, yeah. now, Father. We pray for Daniel today, Lord, that uh, Your Word would come through him, Lord. That uh, that You will speak clearly to each one of us, Father. Make us receptive as You speak through him, Lord. And yeah, you know, Father, give him clarity of thought, and uh, just as he's prepared, Lord, uh, the words that You want to speak from Your Word, Lord. Amen.
2: Morning. As you have picked up, my name is Daniel, and um, I'm here with the George A.M. congregation. We are having an exciting day. A.M. So we are so an exciting time in in our congregation, and it's so exciting. To be part of going out already, I must say, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Oteron, and over the years, coming through, it's been so exciting to see what God is doing, how it's grown. I mean, and and you know, I, I'm just so excited to be here this morning. So the, um, I'm here with my wife as well, Candice the most beautiful woman in the room <laughs> got some points there and i have four kids they are sure the most amazing kids i agree yeah and um this morning i it's uh it's actually so incredible my faith has been built just being here this mor- um since yesterday hearing what the lord has been speaking to us through different individuals that's the most exciting part about outreaches is that the lord seems to speak so clearly um just through f- from from the prayer last night just words coming through so many scriptures that were brought through just seemed like everyone's trying to steal my notes here. But that is so exciting because it, it gives me faith to share what I've got on my heart to share. And um, because it's I, I really feel there's a sense of the Lord wanting to build faith amongst the people here in Otsarin. Um, nice to see you. <laughs> I didn't expect to see this side of the mountain. <laughs> Um, But yeah, just in building, I thought I'd just share a little bit of a a story of my own practical building. Uh, My wife and I, we were originally from Cape Town, that's where we met. And we felt the Lord leading us to be part of Mossel Bay initially. Um, But in our hearts, we had this dream to, at some point in our lives, buy land and uh, tame some land, you know, the hard way. <laughs> I've never had the faith to get a bond, so it was always going to be the hard way. <laughs> um, but um, just even in, in, in the practical lessons of learning how to build in the hard way in rough land, there was just grazing land, bush, no fences, no road to the place. And by the, uh, this was an absolute miracle, which I, I won't share today, but how we managed to buy this piece of land. And then scrape together some finances to just build a shell, like four walls and a tin roof. But the most crucial part of having any form of agricultural land or any sort of land with comfort is water that we found. I think uh, our poor kids have got drilled into them since the beginning, like, what are you doing with the water? Switch the tap off. Oh, you don't, why are you even using water? Yeah. Uh, because from the very day when we decided to build, we needed water. You need water to build for cement. You need water to clean. You need water for your own. Everything is actually surrounded around water, and we had no water. There was no municipal lines to that property. There's still no municipal lines. And so from the beginning, it was that was the first battle, always trying to get water and bringing in water and like, like investing money that we didn't, you know, you're building a house, we only got four roofs and tin, a tin roof on it, but yet, yeah, we're buying, you know, a good couple thousand rands worth of rain tanks because it's so valuable, this water, and being able to hold water I I can tell you, we had a celebration in the rain, the first time it rained, because there was free water falling from the skies, and we were running around making sure that all the gutters were catching this water because this water was valuable to us. Um, And so it's been drilled into us as a family, just the practical need for water. And um, the one time one of our kids, I won't shame them, managed to flush the chain. And uh, it got ho- it got stuck, you know. You know, a running a running toilet, and it drained more than five thousand liters of water, because once it starts running, the pump is pushing water until that tank is dry, and then we're thinking like, why is the tap's not working? <laughs> yes. yeah. and it brought us to our knees because now you don't have water. You you know, the only way to get water is to buy water, which comes via a truck, which doesn't come on the same day. <laughs> so. Yeah, so you go, you know, the the world of self-subsistence farming and eco-living is awesome until it fails. (laughs) (laughs) Because then suddenly you're very dirty, you're very uncomfortable, and you're just like, guys, I need a solution, just get me some water. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, I just, since last night, I was just so, I just want, I felt like a bit of a word for you guys, is that, it's a bit of what has been happening here in Otrin as a church you know there was a building that began and there were teams coming in coming to add to the water of what god was doing you know people who have had wells had capacity would bring you know a bucket of water and they would they would distribute it and in a sense as it grew there were elements of you know people digging wells leadership um, like um Who's the guy that planted it? DeFay, uh, Mark De Fay came out with his family in an element of faith with a, with a few truckloads of water with him, you know? <laughs> and then that water would deplete slowly. And then you're like, guys, please bring me some water from Cape Town. I need some water. And there, another truckload delivery would come, but there would be seasons where there was no water. And he felt, you know, and then there was a, God's been bringing in reinforcements and, um, Leadership has changed over the years with reinforcements, and I think it's been something of God But there's a sense that God has been drilling wells. I just had such a sense that over the 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 main focus that God has been doing over the years is actually creating a well source of water here Because without the water without that It's pointless building a huge house And I, I just that is part of what I'm wanting to build today into what our feeding the Lord is wanting to encourage you is in faith. Because your truckloads of water can sustain you to a point, but at some point you need to find the faith to to dig and to find well springs of life inside your you as the men and as your families and your and the the leaders in this place, but then as it overflows that no, there's an ownership. This church will only sustain, be so, sustained by the individual finding God, finding faith for the season that you're in. So I hope that's encouraging. But so, so when, One of the most exciting things in the Bible for me is looking at men of faith. So, for instance, like Abraham, when he heard the Lord to go into a place where he would show. It's easy for us to skim read that and go, "Yo, that was amazing, you know. But there's an element of faith that he needed. But then, in obedience, he followed the Lord. And here we are today as children serving the Lord because of obedience that Abraham had he was the father of nations Noah hearing the Lord obeyed and he was through his life of obedience to God he was the only righteous person that God could find on the planet (laughs) and we all kind of would love to be that that guy that God says I know yes He's the righteous, the rest of the guys are going to, no, um, you know, presum- we're quite presumptuous, I-, I think, as believers, to believe that if there was only one person that God was going to save on the earth and you call righteous, it would yeah, it'd probably be me because I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm trying really hard. But actually, it's the element of faith in the Lord that pleases the Lord and, and, and was commended to the men of faith as righteousness. Daniel, it wasn't me. It was another Daniel, but very similar. <laughs> he was dedicated to the Lord and blameless. I so mean, they tried to find fault to accuse him to the king. They couldn't find fault. How easy is it to find fault with someone, you know? But then they couldn't find fault, so they ended up tricking the king and some or deceiving him, and and find, he found himself in a lion's den. But because. He had been committed to God. Even the king was saying, hey, surely your God's going to protect you because you've been faithful to him. And so in that. Sorry. So I just want to actually pray into that quickly. Because I feel like as much as I can talk today, I feel like. The Spirit of God wants to come and awaken faith in us. We can't be convinced into having faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. So, Lord, I pray this morning that your people would hear your voice, God. That we would, in, in what I have to share, we would hear the voice of the Father speaking faith into us, God. Faith that would enable us as individuals to dig deep into the hard ground that you've asked us to do, but Lord, that we wouldn't do it in the flesh, Lord, that we would rely on your spirit. Lord, that you would come and start something in our hearts today. Lord that is going to be bring, bring revival to this town, God, revival to this area, God, because of what you are beginning. So you know, as I was looking at the thing of the topic of faith, I specifically felt today to to look at trust as the backbone of faith, and and that's what's exciting because from the beginning of the weekend and even chatting to guys, there was this thing of trust coming up. I don't know if the guys that were there last night as well just there's there's a thread happening. So I just want to try and work with the Holy Spirit with that. It says in, uh, if we could look at Proverbs 3, verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Yo. I'm a... How much promise is in that scripture? How inspiring is that scripture? <laughs> I think trust is a, is a sensitive topic actually. Because we've all had to put our trust in something. As we've been born into this world, you have to put your trust in something. You're forced. Either you're putting your trust in your own abilities or you're putting your trust in someone else's abilities and, and yet being flesh. It's not, it doesn't really, um, always pan out too well. I don't know if you, if anyone here has had their trust broken. <laughs> no one? Yo. Darby, we can go home. <laughs> yes, you're doing a great work here. This is amazing. <laughs> no, but there's a reality to it. Trust is something that is very, it's very sensitive. It's part of our innermost thing when we put our trust in Something like it, but we are forced to trust in a lot of things that are very practical as well. The fact that I'm not falling through the floor right now means that I'm trusting this floor. The fact that the roof is not falling onto me, you know, but we go through life obviously accustomed to those things that we're trusting in. But yet, when it comes to trust, it's a very sensitive topic. Oh, there's my other half. So if we look at what trust means, when I did a quick search of just the description of trust, it says it's a firm belief in the ability, reliability, and the truth of someone or something. So as we looked at in Proverbs, God is asking us to trust in him. Trust in Him. Trust in His ability, firstly. I think if you have been in church in any time in your life, you would have had many scriptures speaking about the ability of God. But I want to actually, in a sense, remind us. Because um, when we hear something a lot of times, we can forget the meaning of it. So let's have a look in Genesis. I, I want to look at God the Creator. Genesis 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said... He just said, let there be light. And I'm going to skip down to the bottom. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Then if we look at, at verse 6, and God said, let there be an expanse. And there was. I'm not uh, obviously wording, reading it, but the emphasis of what I'm saying here is He spoke and there was. Today the Lord is speaking. In our lives, He is speaking, and we believe Him to be the Creator of the heavens and the earth. And He spoke and He spoke and He spoke, and there was and there was and there was in the creation. Do you guys believe that he is still speaking today? We don't have to rely on solutions. We just need to rely on his word. There's a lot of scriptures and we can, there's a whole Bible full of scriptures of what he spoke. But I want to challenge us today. Let that sink in. That the ability of God isn't confined to just finding solutions. It's, 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 it's about him just speaking. <laughs> Can you imagine it? Let there be light. And there it was. Let there be light. and There it was. I mean, if you just dwell on that for a minute, I mean, we always, you know, we're having to use tools to create stuff. He just speaks. Boom. And it's not just there was. Scientists, scientists are still studying what that meant when he said, let there be light. <laughs> Figuring it out. What happened when he said, let, be, let there be light. <laughs> and part of that, let there be, he created you and I. And he created us with a purpose. So God is our healer. If you look at the life of Jesus... He had compassion, and then there were healings. He spoke, and demons were cast out. He's our provider. I've got so many testimonies of the provision of God. That's today. I don't need to even look at a scripture of how he provided for someone else. Each one of us today are standing here or sitting here today being provided for. With with life, he spoke, and there was life, and here today we have it. In uh, Revelation's one verse eight, and we're going from the first book of the Bible back to the end of the Bible. If you lost, Revelation's one the, verses eight, it says, "I am the Alpha and the Omega." says the lord god who is and who was and who is to come the almighty (laughs) the almighty there's no one bigger there's no one better there's no one opposing there's no war happening i think sometimes we can think that there's a possibility of things getting out of hand but i feel like today god wants to declare that he was at the beginning he's here today He's at the end. He knows what's going to happen. All he's asking for us today is to have faith in his ability. He has spoken already. It is for us to then choose to believe that he has spoken. For each one of us here today, there's no... You know, like you have movies, a set, and you have to have just random people just filling space. There's no, um, there's a word for it, extras. Yeah. Sometimes we can feel like extras because of the bigness of God, the speed of life. No, he created, he spoke life into each one of our bodies. And he, he spoke life for a purpose. So yes, Darv is leading this work here. His family are supporting him. And that is what God's asked him to do. What is he spoken over your life? What is he speaking of your life? What is he so there's this there's, we, we need to meditate on the bigness, the ability of God. Because if we don't, we lose perspective. We just think is God and that's what we move on. But I believe today God wants us to pause there and just go The ability of God blows my mind. It blows my mind. The more I think about it, the more it unravels me. The focus of my life changes when I think about the purposes of uh, the the ability of God. Because it's more than I can comprehend. And that's a good thing. Because if I could comprehend it, it um, there would be a limit. But God can just speak. And there it can be. So I also wanted to then look at the other attribute of God, is, or of truth, is his reliability. Sometimes if we have been in a good church, we can easily grasp that his God is just awesome. Ooh, and we can elaborate. But the problem can come when we don't believe that God is going to use his ability for You. And that's a big problem. If we doubt that the Lord is able, or in his ability, would consider you. So you think of your situations today. Think of the things that you are facing. And, wonder, and, and, and challenge that thought is, why not? Why can't God speak into this situation? We look at Hebrews twelve, verse one to four. It says therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That scripture came out last night, actually. Which... um, Ian um, shared it, and then he he had to leave, so then Darby shared it. But it's quite a a different perspective of that scripture, is that the joy set before Jesus, that enabled him to endure the cross. That joy was what we have here today, his church, his people. Doesn't that speak of God's reliability? Doesn't that speak? That he, another example I was actually going to bring, but um, Retief brought it, the thing of Isaac and Abraham having to sacrifice Isaac. That story wouldn't be as popular if Isaac actually had to die. But yet Jesus did die. God offered his son. And in that process, the more I've been looking at it, the more I've been able to relate, in a sense, in a small way, to Jesus. In that place, we often think he had superpowers and was able to overcome. But it was the joy set before him, which is you and I, to that enabled him to overcome torture. The most incredible torture that was known to man at the time, from what I understand. But in that moment, if you if you read in the in the Garden of Gethsemane, he faced this thing of God's ability and reliability, because he was saying, "Lord, is there another way?" And I don't like. In that moment, he he was restrained to the the the, the physical. Like you and I. And yet he then decided, no, Lord, I want to trust in you. I want to trust in your ability. And I want to trust in your reliability. And then he went to the cross and died. And I wonder sometimes, you know, in our faith, I've been caught up in some faith movements in the past. And the, the, the problem with them is that if God doesn't come through, then I go blink aversion and I just keep going, well, I'll just keep claiming it. I'll just keep claiming it. I'll just keep claiming it. Otherwise, it rocks your faith. Because if God does not come through, then what does it mean? <laughs> and it can take the floor out of what you believe. And yet, there are times when we are there to just believe in God's reliability. Because if we look back now at the cross, and here we stand today redeemed, With Jesus at the right hand of the Father, we can celebrate the cross. And sometimes God asks us, asks things of of us, or doesn't come through for us in the ways that we would like Him to come through because He wants us to trust Him. And it's in trusting Him that our faith has got worth. And as we then are faithful in, the, in following the Lord, we are then like the men of the, of faith. It's, gone, it's commended to us its righteousness. Oh, what a privilege! What a privilege! In Matthew twenty-eight sixteen. You guys okay? Matthew 28, 16, it says, now, oh, wait a moment, yeah, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Sorry, I think I've, oh, yes, it is this one, sorry, and Jesus came and said to them, So no matter where you are towards that prayer and now, there's a promise that he is with us. The creator of the universe, who speaks, and it was, is with you today. Does that create a little bit of faith in your heart? Just a little bit. Does your life... Sorry. Was a bit of a spit. Does your life come into perspective? Because I tell you, I've got challenges in my life. Whoa, I'm not going to deny it. I've got challenges in my life. Every day, I've got challenges. Every day, I'm seeking the Lord for those challenges. But when I have a perspective of God's ability and reliability, that He didn't spare His only Son. Then suddenly my perspective changes. Trust is an action. Faith comes by hearing the word and then trust is an action. Then Proverbs, it's, it's, it speaks about not leaning on your own understanding. It speaks about all of your ways Acknowledging him. And then he speaks of the promise of him making straight your paths. As I looked at some of the characters in um, Daniel when he was in the, in the lion's den. Do you know that his trust in God was his witness? the king and sometimes we're wanting to go and evangelize it's a passion of mine going out and speaking to people about Jesus and there's a place for that but you know that I see more if you you think of now the king saw Daniel and he actually said you need to trust in your God because he's faithful to save you (laughs) from seeing Daniel's life He was a witness to the king and from that point on God was in the idols were out He said from now on we all this whole nation serve the Lord There was a there was a prophetic word that came through that God is going to add people to this church And people of influence And it doesn't It I believe it's it's going to be through each one of you As you trust in the Lord People will see that trust. They won't hear about it. They will see it. What do you do when life throws you a curveball? What do you do when someone passes away in your life unexpectedly? What do you do when you win the lotto? Do you now live up your, have your wildest dreams? Or do you continue to trust in the Lord with that money? To seek first his kingdom. And the last thing I want to say is that as we have faith and live our trust, prayer becomes our weapon. Prayer becomes our weapon. It's not the last thing we can do. We should then pray. Oh, well, um, it looks like the doctors have failed on this one. All we can do now is pray. Oh, that thing gets into my, under my skin. When your trust is in the Lord, then you start speaking to him. Because everything that happened in your life becomes a matter of trusting in the Lord. Every part of it. I'm an electrician. I work in all kinds of things. And I find myself trusting in the Lord in the finer details of my day. Because I've realized after 15 years of doing it, that trust in myself doesn't really work so well. So I, I really feel that the Lord wants to awaken our prayer muscle. To, to not look to God as the last resort. To not to get to yourself in a corner and then go, Oh, yes, I've got trust in the Lord. No, let it become the revelation in our hearts, deep within our hearts, that first we trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And I feel that that is going to birth the wellsprings of life. Because God says he's pleased with those who have faith in him. So maybe we can just close our eyes. Lord, I thank you that you are a good father. Lord, that you will not leave us where we are. Lord, that there's no length that you would not go to bring us back to a place of restoration. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that this morning, Lord, where your body is struggling, to see your ability. To see your reliability and is struggling to see the truth of who you are. God, that we would, that by your spirit, Lord, now even, there would be an awakening, God. I'm just feeling like if these, if what has been shared this morning has touched your heart, if you've realized that actually your trust is not what you thought it was based when you i've realized that actually you can say you believe in god but not trust him so today's not necessarily a new commitment but maybe it is but i believe it's a reminder of what he is and who he is and i believe that this morning there's a response to that Maybe we can all stand. If you feel this, that there is a response, maybe just put your hands out. Because I do feel this is an impartation that the Lord wants to bring in us this morning. It's not a head thing, it's a heart thing. And I just want to pray over us. Lord, I declare you that you are our creator. You are the almighty God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Lord, we thank you that you have spoken, and there was. And Lord, I pray pray that as you speak today, Lord, that there will be. Lord, as our hearts respond to your words of truth this morning, God, that there will become a fresh anointing. Lord, that you would enable our spirits to cry out, Abba Father, King of Kings. Lord, we long for you. Lord, we long to walk in your ways. We long to acknowledge you in our ways, God. Lord, would you, by your Spirit, come and touch our hearts? Would you soften us, Lord? Would you mold us? Would you shape us into your your likeness? Lord, and in faith we say, yes, Lord. We want to trust you. Yes, Lord. We want to acknowledge you. Yes, Lord. We believe that you are able. We believe that you are reliable. And we believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life.
0: This morning, I know that all of us uh, need to shift our trust. There's not one single person here this morning, including me, that doesn't need to move our trust more towards God and rely more fully on God. We all face stuff in our lives where we need to trust God. His spoken word. The question is actually just how far do I need to move me to be reliant on God? Is it a little? Is it a lot? think on that is it a little or is it a lot this morning I feel there's a there's an opportunity here for some of us whose trust is not in God so I want each just close, everybody close your eyes why why Because I do want to make this as easy and as private as possible. God says that he spoke and there was life. This morning God is speaking and he's calling us into his life. But it does require a response. So this morning, if you're here you hear and you're thinking, But my trust is not in God, I trust myself. Or maybe even I can't even trust myself anymore. This morning, if if your trust is not in God, if you've not given your life to God, if you haven't gotten to the point where you've gone, I can throw my life. Fully into God's hands. And trust that he will catch me. God has spoken. The one who created everything with his spoken word. He has spoken. He he is saying, you can rely on me. So I'm going to ask if that's you. If you want to. If you want to trust God this morning, if you want to put your life in His hands, either for the first time or again, because we do take our lives back to ourselves. So if you want to trust God this morning, either for the first time or again, would you raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. You can put it down again if you've raised your hand. Is there anybody else that hasn't raised your hand? I want to give you the chance. If you're wondering, can I trust God? You can. Why? Well, because Daniel is a witness to trusting God. I am a witness to trusting God with my life. Is there anybody else you can trust God? I see your hands. You can put it down. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so how do we do this? How do, I, how do I trust God now? I hear I can. Well, let's, let's make a declaration. This, while we were singing this morning, a word that came through is that we declare God's trustworthiness. We declare his faithfulness. We declare how big it is. And as much as God's word carries power, our word carries power your spoken word carries power over your own life. And this morning as as we pray together you use your voice that God's given you to direct your path from this point onwards and you you pray and the significance of that is that you declare over your own life that you give yourself to God fully. And after that faith and trust starts and you it goes into action immediately. So let's start with words. Let's start with prayer. So everybody together, let's pray these words. Father God, this morning I want to put my trust in you. Father, thank you that you have spoken. That you've declared yourself faithful. Powerful. Trustworthy. Thank you, Lord, that you have died on the cross. That you were resurrected from the dead. And that you've made a way for us a way for me to have relationship with you. Come and be the Lord of my life. Be the king in my life. I want to live my life fully for you. I want to trust you fully. I want to walk according to your word, 100%. Lord, help me with my own unbelief. Strengthen me, guide me, speak to me. I'm going to pray over you. Father God, thank you so much that you give us an opportunity, Lord, to bring our life to you. Thank you so much that you have spoken, you have created, and you sustained. That we can trust you with our full lives, Lord. Father, I pray for each and one of us, Lord, whether we shifted our trust a little this morning or a lot That we would have the faith to keep it there, Lord. Father, come and strengthen our resolve. Father, come and move our hearts this morning. Father, I pray for each and every person that's committed or recommitted their lives to you this morning. That you would hold them in your palm of your hand, Lord. Father, bring men and women around them this morning and from this point forward, Lord, they can walk this road out with them. Father, make us pliable and make us willing, Lord, to be the people you have made us to be, to live inside your boundary lines, Lord. Thank you for the great joy that you find in us, Lord. It's humbling. Amen. So if you've responded this morning, I would like us to walk a road with you. So please come and talk to either myself or if you've come with somebody, speak to them. And uh, so we can get together. We have to get together in the week. It's something we can celebrate. It's, it's amazing to start walking the road with God. But when God made Adam, he looked at him and he went, uh, and this is perfect Adam. He went and he looked at him and he said, it's not good for Adam to be alone. Why? Well, it's not good for us to be alone. And uh, I would tell you this. I don't think I would be standing in front here uh, if it wasn't for people around me. The Daniels and... and... like, where's Michelle and I? And and Michelle and... so many people that have built into my life over years. Shanae. <laughs> and each one of us need the person next to you. God is adding you to a body. He's adding you to what we call a church. Why? Because it's not good for us to be alone. And you can try to walk alone. But probably your trust that you feel is strong now would waver tomorrow. And then you need somebody next to you that says, No, in my experience, you can trust. Come. Come with me. Um, Benjamin was sharing last night. Where's Benjamin? My son was sharing last night in the meeting that we were camping and there was a big thing that we all were jumping off into water. And then we were all jumping, but Benjamin wouldn't. He was little. Just saying, he was little. (laughs) It was high for somebody that was little. And the last day he said, I want to jump. And he climbed up to the top and he stood there and then he froze. He's like, I had faith, I'm going to jump. Yes, okay, let's go. And he, he stood there and he... And then he couldn't. In that moment, his faith fell. He saw us jump how many times. But his faith failed him right there. So, after a long time, <laughs> I climbed up next to him. And I, I stood next to him and I said, Okay, we're going to jump together. Let's go. And... Uh, We tried it a couple of times, and he couldn't. But then came a time, and and I went, okay, one, two, three, and he jumped. He caught me by surprise, so I only jumped after him. (laughs) But he needed me to have faith for him. I couldn't jump for him. They would be throwing him, and that's wrong. (laughs) Parents. (laughs) But he needed me next to him to have faith for himself. That is why God says it's not good for man to be alone. He puts us in a body of believers so that we can have faith together and build one another's faith. So if you're not in a church, you're welcome to join this one or join a church well. But come and share with me, come and share share with your community leader if you're in community or share with the person that brought you that I've, I've shifted my faith this morning and I need to walk with you. I need support. Is that
1: good?